This is the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Your one stop for information on Disney races, Disney vacations, Disney theme parks, and more. Now, here are your hosts for the Mickey Miles and More podcast Michelle Scribner McLean, Chris Eliopoulos, and Mike Scopa. Welcome home, Milers, and welcome back to another episode of Mickey Miles and More, a podcast where three friends talk about the Disney parks, the Disney races, and whatever else comes up. I'm Chris Eliopoulos, and with me, as always, is Dr. Michelle Scribner. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Christopher. How are you? Christopher of the new, newly renovated kitchen that only really took 19 months, right? Well, I was going to say, while you guys were off having fun, I was getting a whole kitchen replacement, so... Yeah. Um, it is was it not done, done, done? Uh, all but like a couple of cabinet doors have to be replaced, have to be swapped out. But yeah, it's That's pretty much big, done. But you can cook in there again. Yeah, we're, everything is working. Everything is is functioning and livable. And we've got stuff in cabinets. So, but yeah, man, you learn a lot. Like, I think I gained 10 pounds because we we're just eating crap for four months because you can't cook. You can't refrigerate. You know, the microwave isn't there, so it was just... Oh, you can't refrigerate, yeah. Oh. For a while, we went for a couple of months without a refrigerator. Uh, we were wow. using sort of like a wine refrigerator down in the garage just to kind of keep it, keep some things going. But yeah, it was just awful, awful, awful. Oh, well. How is everything with you? Are you rested and ready to go? I am rested. I have read so many novels in the past month. Um <laughs> forgetting what day of the week it is it's awesome awesome that's good yes that's the best part of very, vacation very rested i was very happy to come home so that's that's good i think yeah that's it's a usually the sign right yeah yeah um, so also with us is the dean of disney mr mike scopa how was your vacation michael hi chris um i cringe at the word replacement but we can talk about that offline uh, it was a very interesting eye opening and uh uh, it's an interesting experience. Uh, you never cease to learn something more about taking a Disney vacation and coming back with some knowledge that you would like to share with some listeners. Well, we should go through real quick as an overall recap, Michelle. Um, what exactly did you guys do? You, I know you went to Vero Beach. You went to Disney World. You went on uh, uh, a cruise back yeah. to Vero Beach and another cruise. Is that? No, results? not that's not all of it. <laughs> oh, geez. So it was Vero Beach and then uh, Beach Club for um, six or seven days for the 4th of July. Then I flew back to New Hampshire and um, Mike went to an Airbnb. And at some point there was COVID, both of us on the, caught on the 4th of July. Um, and then a um, my son Liam joined us and then we went to another Airbnb where um, Mike's daughter and her family joined us their first time at Walt Disney World. The kids, not not his daughter. And then from there, it was Bay Lake Towers for just a few days. Thank you. Well, uh, Disney Vacation Club, because that, that was a lot of our stuff. And then um, it was a thrice canceled Disney fantasy trip so we're on the disney fantasy in the caribbean for seven days two days back at vero beach and then um our what we thought was going to be our only cruise this summer which was the wish for four days 
and then drove back to New Hampshire. Almost got into a car accident in New, New Jersey. Of course, Jersey drivers. <laughs> oh my God, it was it was probably one of the scariest. I was driving one of the scariest things yeah. I've, I've seen. But anyway, we're home safely and um, wow, yeah, that was a trip and a half, man. It was, it was a lot of traveling. Like you've been gone it was a too while. Much. It was too much. Too you much think? for me. Yeah. It was yeah. Too I don't much. know. I I usually was hitting Disney trips by day like 10 or 11 when I was doing the longer trips, I was done. So I can't imagine two months. I mean, I know you were doing a variety of things, but um, should we cover a little bit of the Disney World experience? Like, did did you feel like you want to talk about it or is it just sort of repeating yeah, the same old should, stuff? I, I think we should definitely talk about it. I, I think it would take several episodes to, to talk about it. Um, I think that one of the things that I'm sure Mike will chime in that was interesting for me was doing it with different family members and the Genie Plus experience and trying to navigate around getting everybody in your party and this person wants to do rock and roller coaster and this person wants to do Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um, that was that was confusing and it took a lot of organization to do that. Getting park reservations wasn't as difficult as I thought, but that was one of the things where, you know, before it's just been Mike and I, um, but trying to make, you know, as Benjamin Franklin would say, make six clocks chime at the same time was, was really tricky when people have different needs. And I'm sure it's the same way with, with any family. So doing the, it was a more strategic use of Genie Plus and Lightning Lane, but it was a day-to-day -day thing based on how people were feeling and what happened before. So, for example, we would say, oh, Animal Kingdom, Genie Plus, not Genie Plus. Do we want to do it? Well, what are the things that we would benefit from? Two people wanted to go on Expedition Everest. Nobody else did. Well, let's just do single rider. So no Genie Plus. But then Guardians of the Galaxy, we want to make sure we get into that. So that meant getting up at 7, getting in, you know, either a virtual queue or doing lightning lane and then things would happen like guardians of the galaxy would shut down so like so it's just this whole big organizational thing that i found exhausting but i'm sure mike would agree that i think the family felt like they did everything that they wanted to do in the eight days they were there yeah i think that one of the things that was reinforced to me on this trip was how much of a pain it is to visit Walt Disney World if you're not staying on the property. Mm -hmm. um, it's very exhausting and it makes you change the way you actually plan your day. And what I mean, Chris, is that if you're staying at the Yacht Club or the Beach Club, you hop over to Epcot, come back, maybe hop over to Magic Kingdom or, or wherever, any any theme park. And, you know, it's it's kind of different when you are six seven eight miles away and you have to drive and you have to park in the parking lot and then you have to go it makes you think uh if i do go to if i do any park hopping i'm going to go early in the morning i'm going to leave as soon as i can uh realizing that i've done whatever i would have liked to have done for that particular uh, number of hours i'm in the park maybe leave about one o'clock get back to Airbnb or, or off property, relax for about three hours, then go back for the night time. Whereas I don't think you go through that kind of a exercise if you're staying on the property because you do have Disney 
transportation. You're very close to the parks. Um, so that was reinforced. But to Michelle's point, I think that um, the Genie Plus, Genie, uh, Disney Genie and, and Disney Genie Plus, I'm kind of a little bit more, I don't know if I want to say in favor of it, but I can see some benefits from it. And I think that what Michelle said is very important. And that is that you have to take each day, take a look at it and see if there's something that you can get from it. For instance, I, I think that Genie Plus is a definite need for Rise of the Resistance or Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I think that those two right off the bat uh, are really good with uh, Disney Genie Plus and maybe even um, Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railway, but not for every park. I think that your family would have said it was awesome. It helped us do what we wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, Disney Genie Plus is is built for the Magic Kingdom and for Disney Hollywood Studios, but I would not say it's built for Epcot or Yeah, because we, we walked Disney right on Soren. Um, I will say that the value of the Airbnb, we had six people, four bedrooms, and a pool, and a big kitchen, and it was about 15-minute ride away. So it's like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. You couldn't, right now, you can't get something at, um, you know, All-Stars for that. Basically, you know, you'd be getting just a room. So it was nice in that way, but you could see, especially with people who hadn't been there before, that there was some something that they missed out on. Um, because you couldn't go back and forth and um, you know having to buy groceries and things like that that was helpful but also it's like oh, what a pain this is another thing we figured out on the first day we're taking two cars I have an annual pass Mike has an annual pass they didn't have an annual pass so every day I had to ride with them so they could get free parking because over eight days that adds up so it was things things like that that it was constantly you know trying to to work it out uh, I think we both thought at the end that it would have been better. Not that we had a great time staying all together, but it would have been a better experience for the kids if they stayed on Disney property. Um, mm. so, so there's a lot to unpack and a lot to talk about, um, you know, with Air, using Airbnbs and stuff like that. Right. But um, one thing that I will say is, and this is the second year in a row, gosh, was it nice to have um, our own car there versus hmm. a rental car it just feels like an extension of your home versus you know a smelly rental car that costs a ton of money so of course right. we were there for a long time so it was essential but right so yeah there's a lot to talk about i want to talk about guardians of the galaxy i want to talk about um you know different dining experiences um the heat and how i think <laughs> we should have handled the heat a little bit differently uh, I will say that in my 47 plus years of visiting Walt Disney World, this summer seems to have the lightest crowd. Um, hmm. And that might be because of the capacity issues or the way the park reservation system worked. But I noticed that it really wasn't as crowded as I've it, seen it, it in the past. I, yeah, I, even I, from I, last I, year, Chris, I think it was even crowded. When you were there last year, mm -hmm. last summer, and it was even less crowded than last year. Wow. I yeah. thought it was just as crowded, if not more. Yeah. So I disagree. And between the between one thirty and two thirty, there was a lull because people were park hopping at that point. Right. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, we 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 are sort of at the point where it's too much, 
planning involved for everything. I miss the idea of just spontaneously going to a park, right. spontaneously going on a ride. Like it sounds like you have to really like get a spreadsheet going and figuring out your days. And I, it almost feels like this is turning into a location that you go uh, with a small group and for shorter day, like for fewer days. Yeah. Like it seems like that's the the change in the type of vacations that they're gonna that you should take when you go down there without getting frustrated. I'll tell you, Chris, there was no way I, I mean I, I can't see how something like a mouse fest or a reunion would work with the park reservation system and Disney Genie and Genie Plus now. I I don't see how that would work smoothly at all right oh, now. The glory days. Yeah, yeah the, glory the good days. old days. I will say that one big disappointment that we had um, was we, I think I'm sure I mentioned this to you. We thought we had more time to, to go to resorts and, and hang out. And we thought, let's go to Victoria Falls Lounge at Animal Kingdom, um, which we've done before. Have a drink, walk around Animal Kingdom Lodge. It's just so nice. Look at the animals, you know, or APs, DVC. We were not staying on property at that point. Um, or were we? I we may have been i'm not sure it made a difference but we we have done this before just go to a resort and hang out without a reservation or dinner reservation we drove up and they said absolutely not you cannot come in um, plenty of parking there we were so like are you kidding me we want to spend our money um i think last year we actually went and like sat got a drink and sat by the pool for a bit and um we were just that really just was like an, a big slap in the face and we have our our two of our friends who are now um staying at boulder ridge and they had a similar experience yesterday again ap's dvc like what why i'm not really sure why so that was that was a disappointment so so chris i was thinking uh, you know so we drove up to the the god shack and she said well you have to have either you have to either be a guest or you have to have a reservation at one of the restaurants and i immediately started thinking about something to say but i didn't want to be a jerk now i would have said well then if a bus is coming from a theme park and on that bus are passengers or guests who have neither a uh, a room reservation nor a uh, restaurant reservation are you going to pull them off the bus and say you can't go in so obviously it's a parking hmm. issue oh yeah but yeah. but the animal kingdom uh, Kadani Village probably has a parking issue, but the Animal Kingdom Lodge really doesn't have a parking issue. Now, if you're talking Beach Club, you're talking Yacht Club, you're talking monorail resorts, yeah, they do have, a, uh, but it just seemed like, hmm, really kind of thought all the money that we've been throwing your, you know, yeah, your away all these years. And, you know, well, it's kind of sound like that somebody's been taking advantage and they're just now. Yeah. sewing up that that loophole or whatever i mean it used to be right you know you go to the yacht or the beach to park because it was free you know and you could go right off to the parks or even over down uh, on any of the monorail hotels you could just go park there and uh, right didn't we have problems you'd have problems if you were trying to go to uh poly right like you people would try to poly get in there was the it, toughest one yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'd yeah. say contemporary, contemporary too. Was yeah. tough to I, under, I do understand that. I, yeah. I get that. That's a very small parking lot in front of Bay Lake Tower, contemporary. Back in the 90s, I, I park at the contemporary all the time. Yeah. But, oh. I don't know. So 
Anyway. So it was an interesting. I mean, we could probably go on for days about your different parts of the trip, but we should really get into the thing I hate most, which is the cruises. <laughs> um, you had a chance to be, basically do back to back cruises on two different ships um, and and get to see the good, the bad, the ugly of both. So uh, why don't you, Michelle, explain the first ship yeah. that you went on? And so the the first ship was the Fantasy. So we went on the two newest ships. The Fantasy was scheduled. Uh, three years ago, pre-pandemic, and was canceled three times, two times. And then we had thought that it was going to go last summer. So we thought we would do the fantasy last summer. And um, we'd never been on a brand new ship. So we decided to do the um, the wish. And it turns out the fantasy trip was canceled. So they, they both ended up being um, just two days apart. So um, here's the the part that um, sort of made springs pop out of our heads. Um, we both caught COVID around the 4th of July and that involves for cruising, at least right now when we're recording this, um, more documentation than I needed to get my passport. So we were so, so lucky and I can't thank her enough. Um, and it's, I think it's a reason to have a travel agent. Our MEI travel agent, Amanda Gonzalez, we told her we had COVID and she said, drop everything right away. You need to get a positive test, positive PCR test because we had just done the home test. And we said, what? She said, you have to have it documented because you fall into another category of not just vaccinated, COVID recovering. So we both, had, I was in New Hampshire at that point recovering. Mike was still in Florida. We both had to right away go and get a test that said, that we were positive. Having done that, it became, and she walked us through everything. We also then, after we had been recovering, we had to go get another test to say that we were recovering and that we were clear to sail. So um, so we did that and I got there and I was um, nine days out. Mike was 10 days out because he, he was positive before me. And they almost didn't let us let me do it because you had to be 10 days out. So that's another thing for everybody to know is that like if you have to get that certificate of recovery, um, it has to be 10 days out. Now, Amanda recommended that we did um, Buena Vista Healthcare, which I'm sure if you have driven around Disney property, you know exactly where it is. It was fabulous. They were great. So it was like a walking clinic that we had to go and and um, they didn't take a COVID test. They just looked at our positive test and you know did a, an examination and asked us some questions. Then we got this document. So uh, not to get into all the problems now, but we, you had to submit the positive test, the test that you're free to clear, to clear to sale. Wait, is it a positive, positive test or a negative test? A positive test. You had to, because you're now we're in a different category that we are recovering. So they okay. have a category called 90 day recovering. Sounds like we have. Oh, some, okay. I thought a, they wanted to know that you're A clinic negative. or something. No, negative. they want, that's the thing. It's, it's counterintuitive. They want to see that you're positive, what date you're positive. And then um, you're 90, hmm. 90 days out. They will take you as long as you're, you have this other thing from another oh. doctor and they have all these categories, all these things oh, they have Lord. to be on there. You have to have this, you have to have this, you have to have a certificate of health. Hang on. And so um, you had to have the positive test, the certificate of health saying that you're free to travel and also still your all of your COVID vaccine documentation. And then it gets submitted and you wait. 
and you wait till somebody looks at it and a few days later you get a yes or you get a no. So here's the thing. We did it for the fantasy. We got a yes, right? We did it for the wish, submitted all the same documentation. Well, it turns out they did, they gave us a no. So we're checking huh? in on cruise day and they said, you are not free to, to, to go. And it, it, they had like people running over from the health tent. It turns out that the certificate of health that the doctor did, he said, Michelle is free to travel on, I don't know what it was like July 15th. She's okay. He didn't date the letter. He didn't put a date on the letter saying like it was July 12th or whatever it was. It was right. July 15th that day. So they almost denied us. And I, and I said, well, wait a second. We were on a ship two days ago and we used the same documentation. So, oh, what a headache, Chris. Just uh, the protocols around COVID weren't enough. Like I was our lovely travel agent for both trips, um, sent us bottles of champagne in our cabin. And we're like, let's open this up right we away. Need it, right? We're like, are you kidding me? You're not going to let uh, us on the ship with the same paperwork. So get a, get a positive test. If you've had it within 90 days, go to a doctor, get that certificate of health that has a date on it. Um, and make sure that they're accepting your documentation. Um, you'll get an email. Wasn't that stressful, Mike? Yes, it was. I wanted to make, I wanted to make, you did a great job, Michelle, of explaining everything. I wanted to make two comments. Luckily, we had a car so I could drive around and get the PCR test at a CVS and also go to that health clinic or whatever. But one of the things I wanted to mention to everyone, again, the whole idea here is that we're trying to help those who mm-hmm. are going to be going ahead. I called my primary care once I tested positive and I said, what should I do? And they said, well, you can get this Paxlovid stuff. And um, uh, I said, okay, so they... Uh, if so, the symptoms get worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. And so I I said, okay, can you send the prescription to the CVS that's close by? And they did. And then I got a call back and they said, we want you to know something though. With this Paxlovid, there's a possibility you could get a rebound like right. the Bidens did. You right, know? right. So, so the thing is, Chris, I picked up the prescription and I never opened the box. I said to myself, it would just be my luck. I take it. And then a few days before the cruise or a day of the cruise, I'm positive again. So I never took it. And I think the, I think COVID People lasted five. Their doctors to yeah, decide. yeah. But I mean, it's just talk to your primary care. Make sure you understand the whole thing. Um, I want to mention one other thing as a tip because of this whole experience. I had everything digitally recorded on my phone so I was able to find it and show them and and the lady with whom we worked at Disney Cruise was great and she you know we were off to the side in the in the section of people who you know had done something wrong or whatever but um but Mike had the paper documentation of everything and that really helped out too so we had digital but we also had paper so um so you don't want to pay all this money and then be told you're out of luck yeah and that's going to be like nerve wracking. You're trying to get onto this ship and you're just, oh my God, I may not get out. I may not get out. And you like, that's real relaxing. It, it was not relaxing, yes. but luckily we had champagne there waiting you go. for us. So that was good. And a cheese plate. Oh, so, the important stuff. So. Oh, I'll tell you, our best travel agent ever. So um, do you want to hear sort of overall impressions? Yeah. Do you want to go right. each each ship and then? 
We'll do negatives uh, on, on each ship. Do you want? Do we want to talk about the fantasy? I think. I think we can talk about. I think we can talk about the wish and how it differs from fantasy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is my ninth cruise. Uh, my ninth cruise is my last gold cruise, and um, next time I get platinum. So I'm, you know, I've been on a lot of cruises before. Um, the first thing that, and I think Becky talked about this. It was, it was like they completely redesigned the ship. It was so confusing. Nothing was nothing was the same. Nothing was where you thought left it was would right, be. Right, right was yeah. left, up was down. Yeah, one of the things that they did um, is even like all the cast member uniforms are completely different. So when you go on uh, other Disney ships, the activities people all have red and blue uh, shirts with white shorts. Like they're all dressed differently. They're all dressed, uh, as Mike will say, more elegantly. But one of the things I liked when I first got on the ship was they reimagined the whole main main area, main foyer area, the grand entrance, where they really took advantage of the space that people travel through when they first get on the ship. And, um, you know, many, many times during their voyages, there's a stage there. There's like another, there's a main stage where they often have entertainment or characters. There's another little sort of like balcony where, where characters come. Um, and there's... Um, just much more use of that space. It makes it makes a lot more sense. They have the there's a statue in every ship that's sort of like the ambassador, and it was Cinderella. Um, she looks a little creepy. Her eyes look a little creepy, but behind her they they uh, had like her two little mice friends and a cat. So anyway, it was a, a nice era. Just everything from the the lights to the floor, everything's different, and that's just the first part of it. There's a lot of other different things. Um, uh, talking about the wish, it's it's it, the theme is Cinderella, and there's Cinderella's color all throughout the ship. It's almost as if you're in Cinderella's castle, uh, with a few exceptions. Um, but it's very, very. I mean, the first word that came to mind was was elegant. Yeah, it's brand brand new. It's shiny and everything. But it seemed like they, um, to Michelle's point, they really uh, made it feel like. Um, just very, very elegant luxury hotel slash mall. I don't know what you want to call it, but it was, um, it was very, um, very much a step up from the fantasy. So um, one of the things that they changed is they have much more uh, luxury shopping. So lots and lots of shops with like upper high end watches and bags bags that are so expensive that the cast members have gloves on they're handling them with gloves to me that seemed like really underutilized space because the one there are a few little stores but the one big store where you're going to buy merchandise is called mickey's main sale it's a long skinny um shop and it was packed i mean the the cruises are only three and four days people are picking up like any sort of cruise stuff it was packed pretty much every time that I was in there where the uh, these other stores, nobody was in them. Like one person was buying a $50,000 watch. Oosh. So, you, you know, Michelle, you just said something and I just realized. So on, let's say the left side of the ship, the starboard side of the ship, I guess. Port, is the port side. You was explained where the, to me how I could the, figure that the out. The port remember? side was where the jewelry and the. I don't remember. Well, but anyway, but one side of the ship, Chris, is where. You know, Diamond International and all these 
watches. What did I say, Michelle? I said, well, that watch must be $800. And she said, no, maybe it's $80,000. You know? <laughs> no, or 50000 but, but, the, but the jewelry stores, the, the watches, the other, the and the, the, the big bags, those stores seem to have a larger footprint. They seem to be wider. On the other side was, you know, Mickey's main sale, which would be like the Emporium in the Magic Kingdom. And that's where it was really tight. And that's where we had the masks make tightly on our faces and everything. And uh, it was very, very interesting how they had more stores on the Wish than they did on the Fantasy. However, I thought that they had a waste of too many stores on the Wish. They didn't need all those stores. I think uh, a few more maybe Disney-oriented stores would have been better. Maybe even a, a something like a... a a Disney Vacation Club slash annual pass holder store would have been better because you know that half the people on the ship were either annual pass holders or they were a Disney Vacation Club members. But it just seemed that those stores just just it just seems was, odd to me that you have people who are uh, going on cruises willing to spend fifty thousand dollars on a, a watch while you're well, sitting there. Like I mean, well, spending five thousand for a drink, so why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So. A lot, I don't know. I've only been on one Royal Caribbean, but they have those those shops and, and um, you know, it, I guess it's a thing, you know, like Gucci bags and Tag Heuer watches. And um, so it, we didn't step foot in those. But um, I will say the first day that I got there, I didn't actually notice it because it's sort of a hole in the wall. But that Star Wars bar had a huge, huge line. Um, and uh, I thought there's no way we're, we're just going to write that off. There's no way that we could get in there. Day three out of our four days, I happened to notice the, you know, the um, person at the front. And I just said, you know, how do we do this? Can we get on a wait list? And she said, oh, no, you can come in right now. Let me just check. And you go in and the, the store, sort of, the door sort of goes, Shh. Um, and she said, oh, no, you can, there's the rule. You can only stay for 45 minutes. But we went in there and it was half full. Um, I was really, really surprised because I thought we'll never get in here. So um, we thought you'd be interested in the Star Wars bar, but there's a lot of different bars and, and venues. I will say that um, one of the things I like about the fantasy and other ships is that the adults area is all in one part of the ship and that you can go there and right. go to all the different bars that you want to go to or you know see comedians or whatever you're doing. And in, in the wish, it's sort of spread out everywhere that everybody is everywhere. So one night we were at a, um, there's like the um, champagne bar, which they have on every ship, which is called, um, what's it called on the fantasy? Um, uh, ooh, uh, ooh la la. Ooh la la. Um, and there's another, there's another one on other ships. But anyway, it's called Nightingales on uh, the wish it's like right in the main area. So kids can walk in and, you know, so everything, it's not as separated. And that was one of the appeals for us. Um, Do they kick the kids out if they come in? I, you know, I'm not no, really they sure. They, the guy was singing like seventies hits, like, you know, the piano man and it was excellent, but every, they have another venue called uh, the Bayou, which is kind of like the frog princess. And it was wonderful, but it's sort of in the middle of the ship. So people are walking by. It's kind of like a, the way they set it up, it's like a, a mall area where, you know, there might be a little bar that has entertainment. It's that's like the, the sort of the, the feel. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where I was going with any of that, but um, 
the so the it was commingling with kids. It was commingling with a lot of kids. The Star Wars bar had kids in it, you know, which was fine. It was really cool. The, the behind the bar is a video screen that every seven minutes you go into uh, light speed and yeah. you, yeah, you you go you switch to a different place. However, um, it there wasn't much more to see or do. Mm. The, you know the the drinks i i love i am i'm a member of the skywalker's vineyard they had skywalker rosé they decanted it in a really fun special thing i didn't think the drinks there were that expensive and we did see the five thousand dollar drink and i asked our uh waitress how many they had sold so we were on the 20th sailing and she said they had sold um one one to three a week and I said, what do you think about that? And she said, I just can't believe they have to give us $900 in tips. So um, she was sort of incredulous about it. Um, so the $5,000 drink is really 5,900. Yes, yes, okay. it is, yep. Um, so, but she said, oh yeah, well I sold one yesterday. So it was there in the back, you could see the container for it. Uh, like, oh, well, I, it wasn't, I expected more theming. I expected more pizzazz. There are some creatures sort of like, they look like they're in formaldehyde or something like that. And the music is Star Wars E. But I thought, you know, one and done. I don't need to come back here again. It didn't rock my world. What did you think, Mike? Yeah, I, I was underwhelmed by it. I thought it was going to be a little bit more um, more theme. The, the biggest thing, I guess, was the... Uh, video screen behind the bar every once in a while it would take off and you'd go light speed and that was that was it you know so you know that was that was very much a, a one and done kind of experience for me um but getting to michelle's point i had that written as a a, a con is that they were um the, the adult area was not set off and it, and there was also something the, the fantasy has several lounges, at least two, maybe three, where um, you could do something like the D lounge for bingo and other things. And then there was another lounge where you could have a, a, a hypnotist or whatever. There seemed to be just one lounge in, what was that one? Called? Luna. The Luna mm -hmm. Lounge. And the thing was, Chris, that that was the only lounge. It was a two level too. Yeah, it was two level. That they used that for bingo. They used that for a singer. Singers. Mm -hmm. They used that for games and everything. And it just seemed that they just crunched everything in there. And one of the things we noticed is that, unlike the fantasy, the wish, their schedule of events, they never really got off on time. Yeah, they were always late by ten or fifteen minutes. Like so, they were still figuring it out. Right. So if you wanted to see this performer. This singer, so Michelle Knight was her mm. Knight. She was uh, she was in Greece on Broadway. She was um, uh, 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 Voices of Liberty. She also played Dory at uh, Finding Nemo at Walt Disney World. She performed, but she came on late. Uh, a lot of things came on late, so that was kind of a kind of a weird thing because after twenty sailings, you would think that they would have had that figured out, but I think it's because they crunched too much into. Uh, that one lounge, but that was that was a con I had. Do you think we should get into the dining rooms? Yeah, I think the dining rooms. Mm. Why don't you why don't you start? So there are uh, besides the elegant restaurants, there was an Enchante restaurant and a Paulo restaurant. Paulo Steakhouse. Yeah, Paulo Steakhouse. And Paulo was on all the ships. Uh, a little a little stray here. Um, 
our best meals on the fantasy with Apollo uh, dinner and the Apollo brunch, mm -hmm. which is not like the old, the old time brunch, but we thought it was better. Uh, anyways, they have three main dining rooms in the uh, on the Wish. One is called, it's sort of a double. It's called 1929, 1928, mm -hmm. and uh, was it called Walt Disney something other? No, no, 1928, and it it's basically the dining room of a 1928 cruise ship. When when uh, Disney started, when, when Disney, Roy and Walt yeah, started, yeah, and uh, it was very. Um, stressful because number one, the, the tables were close together and they had us sitting with four other people. So we had to quickly say, no, that's not going to work. And, and that was changed, but that well, was, the but let me just chime in. In the past, we had that happen once and we changed it and they changed it for the whole cruise. This time, every time we sat down, we had to find the head server and change it. So every single night we had, we didn't know if we were going to, and I was talking to a lady, she was in the, the same position. She was cruising with her son and we were actually making small talk, but we, we were both saying we're on vacation. We don't want to make small talk. You know, we want to enjoy the, the people or the person that we're with. We don't really want to say, Hey, where are you from? And, and this type of stuff. Um, so she was having to do the same thing every night. We saw some other couples too. So most nights we were changed to a table where like it was a table for six and we were the only ones there, but yeah. every night we're like, oh, we're going to have to sit with strangers and we're, it's not that we're antisocial. We just didn't want to, we didn't want to do that. So the tables are incredibly close to each other. Like you can barely walk it. Even the, the wait staff was having a hard time walking in yeah. between. Um, so that 1928 has a lot of animation stuff. It has like in, in cases that had things that were sort of from Disney history. Oh, I don't think okay. Mike saw, he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? But anyway, go ahead. Uh, so the, that's, that's, that one. was the least of, of, that was my least favorite yeah. dining hall. Um, and I'm glad it was the first one because then we got better and better. The second dining hall we ate at was Marvel themed. And that hall was, um, it, that that dining room was uh, just, uh, the walls were all video screens. And um, China, I don't want to really do, a, I don't want to be a spoiler well, on this. Well, just say you're helping Ant-Man yeah, solve so, a problem. So Ant-Man and uh, Captain America uh, and, um, well, it's the wasp. Wasp, yeah. And you know they're involved with with people on the table, and there are things that you interact with them. And and we thought it was it was pretty cool, and um, I think you would have liked it, Chris. The um, the um, you get to see certain Marvel movies too, bits and pieces of them. The final uh, dining room was something for the kids, uh, for the kids of all ages. It was called Arendelle. And we all know where Arendelle comes from. And we knew that there was going to be a song that we were going to hear. And uh, that one was very interesting because you walk down this long hall. And this, you're in the castle. Right. And this is not a spoiler. But if you remember um, for the first time in Forever in Frozen, uh, Anna is singing and she's walking through and she's dancing and she's singing. And you, you see all these paintings those paintings are on the wall of this hallway that you walk down. And uh, the, the I, I don't think I would spoil it by saying that this particular dining hall is, it's like 
got theater in the round and you're entertained and that i'll, I'll just leave it yeah at that. it's frozen too it's mostly frozen two songs yeah well there was a frozen one song the the entertainers were great there was a um a violinist a, a uh guitar player and a singer and then other frozen characters came in. i thought i thought it was great i'm not a frozen fan i cannot stand let it go if I hear it, I'm just like, it's like nails on the chalkboard for me. But I, I thought they were great. They were really excellent. And they came out into the, um, I will say that the way that they themed it is that it's Anna's and. Um, like a wedding. What's, what's his name? Gustav. <laughs> no, not good. Anna and. Gustav. Oh, I'm sure people are yelling. Christoph. Like, Christoph. Christoph, yeah. It, it's Gustav. their anniversary. How could their, you forget it, that name? It's their engagement party. So the whole thing is that. So they actually come around to the tables and say, thank you for coming. Just like it's a. So you get to even even the adults, they say, thank you for coming. So do you have to give a wedding gift? Uh, I think I, we already did paying for that cruise. Yeah, I was going to so. say. Uh, <laughs> so I would agree that I like those two the best, Mike. Um I think, you know, having done the uh, animators palette many, many times now on the fantasy and other ships, that's, that's kind of, I'm done with that, but I would do the Marvel one. It wasn't, didn't like rock my world, but they, they were definitely fun. Um, The service was great on both ships. Um, Excellent. Um, I will say that one of the places that we liked the best was the Marceline market, which if you have been on other ships, it's called cabanas. It's sort of like the, the buffet and um it's set up like a marketplace in marceline missouri so it's it's kind of like the different the different areas are different the different seating areas look like different shops like there's a flower shop and and stuff like that but the food was pretty darn good in in that um we don't usually eat breakfast but we're there for lunch um most days but they also have this thing on near the pools called the festival of foods which is sort of like, how would you say it was themed? Like food trucks, I guess you would sort say. Of, and there, yeah. were, there were like three or four different yeah. things. There was a Mexican food. Cantina. There was a, a there was um, ham, just hamburgers and hot dogs. And there was a barbecue place. Pizza. Yeah, there's the pizza was amazing. That was like, like from a pizza oven, really, really good. So it's kind of places that you can go and get other food, but the, the, um, the place that's kind of like a Chipotle grill was was excellent. We went there twice, I think, at least twice. Yes. Um, so the food, I think, was definitely better than on the other cruise ship for me anyway. So rather don't want to take up too much time as it's getting over, but go over a few things that that Michelle and I noticed that between the fantasy and um, the wish. Um, it just seemed that there was more space in the cabins and it's because they did a few things. They adjusted uh, like the desk a little bit. They, they moved a little one area closer to the, um, to the deck, to the veranda. Uh, they, uh, they have a new light package in the cabin. So the, the, uh, the closets have a different light cabin. The light switches are now in the shower and in the, the toilet. You also have a night light that you can put on uh, the shower is a, is a much better shower. It's a little bit bigger, not that much, but it's a glass door instead of uh, climbing into a tub with a um, with a curtain. Uh, the TV was taken from the desk and put on the wall. It's the bigger TV. The TV is probably three times the size. In front of the bed. In front of the bed, mm-hmm. yeah. And speaking of the beds, the beds were higher 
for luggage. We had two huge uh, pieces of luggage and we barely fit them under the fantasy beds, but they fit very well under the, um, the wish beds. Uh, they, we, they, there's a desk there and uh, on the fantasy, the desk had a chair with a back and that made it hard to walk through uh, to the um, to the veranda, but the wish just had a stool, sort of a, a hassock kind of a chair, and I thought that was a, a good a good thing. Um, one of the things wanted to mention is that the different a big difference between the fantasy and the wish is that on the fantasy you had basically six elevators on every deck. On the well six and the six in the, the front six in the middle and six in the back six shafts but on the wish there were eight and that made a big difference because if you remember michelle how many times did we get into a empty elevator on fantasy hardly ever can i tease you about the elevators oh yeah sure <laughs> So it, it'll say, you know, deck eight. And it was a, a British woman's voice. And Mike was trying to convince me that it was Mary Poppins. It wasn't Mary Poppins. But, uh, <laughs> um, at least he tried. Yeah. I said, really? You think that sounds like it wasn't? But go ahead, Mike. The veranda, the veranda was much bigger on yeah, the wish yeah. than the fantasy. That was something. Uh, let's see. I wanted to mention a few other things. Very different. The big difference... One of the biggest differences I noticed in the ships, we're on the same deck, deck 10. On deck 10 in the fantasy, it was very noisy. Very noisy. Deck 10 on the wish, not noisy at all. We, we were too tired to go up to watch the fireworks on pirate night. We never heard the fireworks. That's how quiet it was. We thought I thought that was very good. The other thing is that I think there's a larger guest services area on the wish than the fantasy. I had to go change a few things uh in both cases and i thought that the wish guest services area was was very good uh although packed it's all packed yeah we mentioned michelle did we mention they had two movie theaters on uh, yeah the wish. two movie theaters smaller oh. ones the 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 adult area the adult pool area was much much smaller we went up twice couldn't even find a place to sit so we ended up sitting like on just on a deck chair somewhere else and the shows were excellent excellent shows um there was a show what was the first one called it, it was goofy's adventures or whatever yeah, goofy's sea adventures. Sea adventures, yeah it was oh really my god good. it was so much better than i thought because yeah. they got jumped into the legacy songs and you know yeah and there were there were other shows too um, the pool area for families, more pools, but um, I would not get into any of those pools. I never did. <laughs> they were just, luck. They were just luck. packed. They were packed. I mean, we were we had we could go other places. We went on beaches and things like that. But we took a tour again. Amanda's recommendation of the kids' areas, and oh my god, they were amazing! Amazing. The Star Wars area. There was an Arendelle area. The, there was a whole like engineering, imagineering area where they had 3D printer and Mike and I were playing with the, the hand washers were, it sounds ridiculous, but the hand washers were so cool. 
um, you stand there and there are two cylinders and you put your hands in and then water and soap hit it from every direction. And then it, and then you take your, and it times you. So, you know, you're washing your hands and then it like cleans your hands off. Like if I were a kid, I'd want to do that every five minutes. I can see kids. Car wash your hands. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what it was. It was so cool. I can see kids never, ever leaving that area. Yeah. So many things. They had that. They had them when you came in, there was a, there was like a two level you could go from the main lobby and take a slide down to the kids area you didn't have to walk down the stairs um too many things to tell you it was just so even the bathrooms are themed really cool but we spent a lot of time there um so i what else do we want to talk about it seemed to me that there were a lot more meet and greets for characters on, yeah yeah on the wish then fantasy um i think pretty much covered everything so i think one of the things that i'm going to do tips wanted to mention is that you know going on two different disney cruise ships in such a close period of time we 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 noticed a few things uh, and i noticed things that were a little bit different from the last time we went but it also reinforced things that i think are good tips for those who have never cruised especially on a disney cruise that we may want to mention um, one of the things I thought this time around, I don't know if you, everything seemed to be more organized uh, and controlled. I remember uh, previous cruises with you know, in long lines or whatever, but everything was just spaced apart so that I never felt like I was in a big long line. Mm. I will tell you that they tell you when you check in what time you're supposed to come to the port. Do not come earlier. We were given the advice of coming earlier, which we had done in the past. Our check-in time wasn't until 2.30 for the first cruise. Mm-hmm. And we got there at 11.30. And they, the, our port porter guy had to, like, bamboozle the Disney people just to let us park. They were going to tell us to, to leave and drive mm-hmm. around. Um, but even if you get there and we were able to get in, they will not board you until you're, you're, you're boarding group. So for the second one, we were smarter and we arrived at the time that they told us to. But before you used to be able to, to come on a little early, not anymore. Not anymore. What else, Mike? Um, one thing we do, and I think it's the best, one of the best things we do is when we book our cruise, we uh, also included our tips. So those tips are included so that at the end of the cruise, when you're handing off to your host, uh, a hostess, uh, your um, uh, head server, your server, your assistant server. I mean, it's all taken care of. It's not like you have to, you know, reach in your pocket and hope you have cash so you can do that. So I thought that was good. Michelle, what else? Yeah, make uh, people know this. Make your reservations if you want to do any restaurants the earliest possible time. Um, I We just wandered. I don't think I even really understood the layout too well, but a little bit after four days, uh, we didn't even get off the ship. We didn't get off. We had just been to Castaway Key and Mike has some ambulatory issues at this time. So we didn't get off in um, in uh, Nassau. We didn't get out. So we just stayed on the ship and took advantage of the things that were on the ship. And that was a good idea. Yeah. And it's good to also, if you don't know now, to understand what fore and aft and starboard and port is. It's back, forward, left and right. So I think <laughs> that helps to uh, make it easy to navigate through the through the ship. Um, one of the things I forgot to mention about guest services is that 
uh, I had to do some things with guest services and um, if you can hold off until the the first day the second day the second day mm -hmm. especially if you're at a port I would not go to de to guest services for at least 24 to 36 hours uh, if if you can hold off you know going to them because the the lines are just they're just crazy mm -hmm. just crazy um the only couple things that uh you know you want to be able to communicate with your you know your your cabin mate or your 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 friends or fellow cruisers so make sure that the the disney app is loaded on your phone and that you can it's, it's good to try communicating to make sure you can chat um what else uh we brought water bottles on board which i thought was was helpful we brought yetis on board and um fill them up with water whatever soda water so that was good um the other thing that you know i think michelle you mentioned you can bring uh each two, person each, each person, each person over 18 two bottles of wine or two bottles of champagne or you can pay an arm and a leg <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so which which uh which ship did you like better which cruise uh, did you prefer which I experience like, I like I like the length of the fantasy. I like seven days. It's not the size of your ship. It's how you use it. Yeah, I I like the wish just because it's it's different. But I we did neglect to say one thing that happened on the fantasy. Yes, yes. Which was Mike likes to play bingo. Or the last cruise, he he got onto bingo, and I'm sort of like eh, whatever. But um, we played bingo and we won. Six hundred and twenty-two dollars. Um, nice. So when you play, there's a pot at the end of each game, and they don't tell you how much you won until the end. So there was one game that we were in. There were eight people won, so they split like five hundred dollars. Like, oh yay, five hundred. So at the end, uh, I was the only one who stood up. They said, "Yes, you did win bingo," and then they said, "It's six hundred and twenty-two dollars, and it's all yours." So nice. And that helped to offset some of the the spending. Um, did you go right over to that fifty thousand dollar watch store? <laughs> it went, it went uh, definitely on the the bill, and yeah. we came came away with less of a, a bill. So, so that's nice. that. All right, so it was yeah. it was a good experience. You liked both in yeah. different ways. We spent a lot of time just on the veranda, you know, drinking yeah. coffee in our own little space, sure. drinking a glass of champagne. I just love I just love that private space. So. Um, but yeah, it was good. It, the service, there's a contrast for me between the cruise service and what we experienced at Walt Disney World. Mm. It's just so much better on the cruise. Do you think you're going to transition now more towards cruisers than going to the parks? Do you think that's something in your future or is it just you're going to do both still? I think personally, one of the places I always enjoy and I enjoyed very much is Bay Lake Towers. We just stayed there for two days. Um, just spending time around that resort, going to the pool, walking over to um, the Grand Floridian. We didn't feel a need to go into the parks as yeah, much. I... So enjoying other things. We we didn't even talk about this. We can do another podcast. We spent, again, a lot of time at Disney Springs, meeting friends, really easy at Disney Springs, having dinners, having cocktails. Um, I you know, I, I do want to talk about in another podcast um, our Guardians experience, but for things like that, I'll go in, but it just wasn't 
something that I felt like I needed to do. All yeah. In the, the next next show, we'll, we'll talk more about the parks. Although I do want to mention that this probably was the first. This, I'd say, this Disney trip. Without question, I had the the uh, the less I saw less fireworks than any other trip. Mm. It just didn't have just they just couldn't pull me in we saw we saw enchantment and something i was waiting for something and it didn't happen and i don't know if you are aware of this chris but they had to they re they redid enchantment a little bit they redid a little bit of the beginning of it um it just didn't pull me in you know uh what's the other uh, harmonious harmonious mm-hmm. i don't know uh, so memorable you forgot the name yeah, you know, and and you can just forget, you know, Disney Studios. Yeah. You know that they should have kept. Oh, the, that was horrible. They should have kept the Star Wars one there. Um, so I don't know. I think the fi- the fireworks just wasn't magical this time around. Hmm. We'll have to get back into that. We'll, we'll start talking about the parks yeah. and your experience over there in the next show. So, but I think anything, any other final words about the cruises other than. You're glad you went back to back. I again, I just want to reiterate that it, I think people should look at the the value. I mean, if you want interaction with the characters, if you want 24/7 Disney, if you want to feel like you're in your luxury hotel, that's also a little bit of a theme park, and um, you want to get entertained and you want to gain weight <laughs> um you know go on a disney cruise i really think that it's a uh, and it, this comes from someone who you know oh, i don't want to go on a cruise i remember becky menken said I'll, I'll convince you and i sent becky a photograph with me with my gold lanyard which means i've been on my i'm on my fifth cruise so yeah i think it's i think it's worth a try at least a try I would not go on a seven day right off the bat. I'd go on a three or a four day just to get a taste right. and see, see what happens. Yeah. Becky's still trying to work me on that one, but I, it's just not happening. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck, Becky. So, all right. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Mickey Miles and more. If you want to reach out to us, send us a message on Twitter at Mickey Miles pod for Dr. Michelle Scribner, Mike Scopa. I'm Chris Eliopoulos. We'll see you on the road and in the park. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of the Mickey Miles and More podcast. For all of us here at the Mickey Miles and More podcast, this is Rick Gregg saying thanks for listening and all your support. And until next time, we'll see you on the road.